I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Here's your horoscope. Under finances, it says, be better with money. Okay, time to bring in the experts. At Zurich Pensions, we believe small actions can have great impact, like planning your future with our online pension calculator. Take a small action for your future today. Visit Zurich.ie or talk to a financial broker about a Zurich pension. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. This is an Irish independent podcast. It was a Sunday of upsets in the football championship as a script was ripped up in the All-Ireland series. Missed injury time freeze proved crucial for Galway and Mayo, who will now face off in the preliminary quarterfinals after slipping up yesterday, while Kerry advanced straight into the last eight after their old rivals Cork did them a big favour against Kevin McStay's men. Drive absolutely bonkers. I can't imagine what it would actually be like to be for Mayo and to be emotionally invested in the team. You saw them that day, they went to Killarney and they put on the performances of summer. They were absolutely sensational. They beat the All-Ireland champions and probably the best team in the country well in the back garden. Not winning Connacht didn't affect them. They had six weeks of preparation. Everything was looking fairly hunky-dory. And to manage to botch it the way they have done is a really, really spectacular achievement. Welcome to the Throwing Football Show. Will Slattery here with you and I'm delighted to be joined by Dick Clerken and Conor McKeown for our chat today. But first, as a lay of the land after the final round of the round-robin fixtures, we have Kerry, Dublin, Derry and Armagh advancing straight into the quarterfinals and preliminary quarterfinals featuring Galway taking on Mayo, Donegal versus Tyrone, Kildare versus Monaghan and Cork versus Roscommon with the team I named first there having home advantage. So Dick, all in all, it was a very dramatic final round of the uh, round-robin. We've kind of been picking through the format over the last number of weeks about whether it was the right format. We, well, we certainly arrived at a dramatic final day. What's the kind of big headline for you now as we digest it all? It's still a bit of a head-scratcher. Like, obviously, we're all sort of catching up on the, the draws this morning, so everybody was was was, was tuned in at half eight because that was going to be the, the next exciting stage and we were all sort of getting our heads around what happened yesterday afternoon because that probably caught everybody on the hop in terms of the permutations and there was so much happened in such a sort of narrow few minutes. I'd say that the teams, the managers, like at one stage, John Heston could have put Tyrone out, like mother of God, whoever seen that happening. And next thing, I suppose the big talking point of all the games is that that Galway and Mayo who, like, listen, if you were to listen to repeats of this podcast for the last couple of weeks and months, you were sort of putting those two teams up as a top four and I've been tipping Galway and next thing we have it that, that that both teams have to face off in a knockout next week in, in Salt Hill and it's in either set of teams or, or supporters thought that was even feasible and, and everyone's just sort of sort of reacting to that so it's great in terms of the excitement and the novelty of it but I think a lot of counties now that have found themselves in that position will probably reflect back and say hold on we did we get our preparation right were we too complacent was it did we treat that last round as a proper championship game or did we think we'd have the job done and then that translated into a, a below par performance and they got they got caught you know like like Toronto they got caught Monaghan were very flat Galway had stayed that was the worst performance now, Credit Armagh, they stepped up and, and, and Mayo got caught as well. So I, I think there's a lot to be said there. And and, and, and and I think that's it shows that the new format has a lot going for it. And um, this was a real shot in the arm for that. 
But I'd say like a lot of the counties are just sort of scratching their head. Like Kevin McStay, Jesus, he's probably going, what the hell have we let ourselves into here? Because after all the good work that they've done, you could be up in smoke in, in literally a couple of minutes where they had that game won. And even with the Aidan O'Shea free at the end, that was enough to get them out of where they're at. And now look what they have to face into. Yeah, Connor, are Mayo the big losers for you after the weekend, considering, you know, six points up against Cork with 15 minutes to go? It looked like they were home and hose in top spot. Even going into the game, people thought there was very small chance of them being upset. And as Dick said, now away to Galway. And then you're facing into a quarterfinal against one of the big guns in, in Croke Park the following week. It's gone from a very advantageous route to absolutely fraught with danger. Yeah, they drive you nuts. They drive you absolutely bonkers. Um, and I, I can't imagine what it, it would actually be like to be for Mayo and to be emotionally invested in the team. Because even from a kind of an analysis point of view, just you know, following the, the, the paths and the fortunes of the relevant teams, you saw them that day, they went to Killarney and they put on the performances of summer. They were absolutely sensational. They beat the All-Ireland champions and probably the best team in the country well in the back garden. And you were saying, well, look, <clears throat> that goes to show you now uh, not winning Connacht didn't affect them. They had six weeks of preparation. Everything was looking fairly hunky-dory. Um, and to manage to botch it the way they have done is a is a, a really, really spectacular achievement. Um, and you just wonder, like, going away to Galway in this preliminary round, like, it's the worst possible draw you could have put together. Like, it's, a, it's extraordinary that they've managed to kind of put themselves in this position. Um, and it doesn't make a whole pile of sense because... The potential of that team is very clear. When they get it right, they're exceptional. They're, they're all Ireland. They're all Ireland candidates. And I thought the big, the big advancement for Mayo this year. If you have to bear in mind, they've lost Lee Keegan, their best ever footballer, and Oshin Mullen, by, by far their best prospect. Um, so you wouldn't have minded had they had a, maybe a year getting used to Kevin McStay in his ways, but they seem to have cracked a bit of consistency. They seem to have gotten their heads around the fact that you can't just play one style of football. You can't keep running from the ball from the half-back line and expect that it's going to work every time. And they had established that variety and they seem to have established consistency. And yet, in the space of three weekends, um, they've managed to go backwards. And, and, you know, it would be no surprise if they went and beat Galway and it'd be no surprise if their entire season went up in smoke. And that's the sort of... <laughs> <laughs> the eternal dilemma of Mayo, and it is it, it hasn't it hasn't abated in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, Dick, and I know Galway were playing Armagh, you know, uh, maybe a team we put ahead of Cork, but similarly, they'll be looking at it, thinking they were in a great position. Now, you know, I think Damien Comer, Sean Kelly are very uh, much doubtful for next weekend. All of a sudden, they were being talked about as potential favourites for the All Ireland. Mm-hmm. They're they're facing down the barrel of elimination as well. They are, and, and like I had tipped them. I thought they were consistent. They had, as I kept saying to people I talked to over the last few weeks, they, they ticked so many boxes as a as a as, a, as an All Ireland winning team in terms of the the strong spine, the strong bench, scoring forwards, physicality, then the experience of being there last year, and you know everything just seemed to be lined up. Now, in fairness, to Arma, and I've been critical of Arma. I thought they were sort of sliding back and I know other people were trying to push them back up they brought a, a level of intensity and physica- physicality to, to Carrick on Shannon that probably caught a Galway team who maybe again go back to my earlier point they were maybe just not fully focused on that game as a championship match you know it was it was almost it was, we're in the quarter we're in the quarterfinals it's, it's a game we'll play this game and then we'll start preparing for the next one whereas actually now by not winning that game and preparing for it right to find themselves in this dire situation. So I, I think there's a lot of naivety there. And again, 
it's not to be unfair. Was, was it a bit reminiscent of the time they played Monaghan in the Super H as well? And they kind of had one foot in the semi-finals, and it was hard to know how to prepare. And then they a lost. Bit, and they had to play Dublin, and yeah, I would agree. And, and I was very shocked that day because they played that game, and and, and Monaghan got a bit too excited about winning that game because there's no question that, that Galway went out with 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 the next game in mind, and then they didn't turn up. They weren't able, and, and you can't do that. Like as I say, there's there's in other sports, you know, the top professionals and sports psychologists would say it's, it's so difficult to just sort of pick and choose what games you ramp up to. It's such a narrow window now that, you know, you have to find form. And that's what I've been sort of saying over the course of the last few weeks. For teams, whatever with the games and the mismatches, you've got to find form. You've got to get players up to the pace of championship game and building towards. And you, when I say building, you're constantly improving. You can't give yourself a day off and say, all right, we'll step back here with a view to ramping back up because that just hasn't come to pass. Now, we'll come to Derry and, and uh, not Derry, uh, Kerry and Dublin in a minute. Take, take example of what they've done. They haven't been setting the world alight, but they've been improving incrementally now to the point that all the aces are, are back in their hands and, and all the other pretenders are going to have to fight for the scraps and see who, who, who comes out the other end to face them in, in the knockout stages. Yeah, it's funny, Connor. You were probably, you know, with the short straw, you were at the Dublin Psycho game yesterday. You've already been a few games of the weekend that didn't have, you know, a whole pile of jeopardy or excitement in it. And Dublin are in the strange position. Like I was reading your report earlier just about how they played one Division One team this year, Roscommon, and they were, you know, pretty poor and, and got away with a draw. But now, like, things have kind of opened up a bit for them. They're in a good position. They have the week off now to prepare for a quarterfinal. You know, where do you assess where they're at? I think they're a very unpredictable team um, and they have been all year. I think they were the least predictable of the All-Ireland contenders because, you know, with Stephen Cluxon coming back and Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion having been away for so long, you just couldn't be certain of anything. But at the same time, like with so many so many brilliant players, you'd be really, really stupid to rule them out. Um, my sense of them now is that they have timed this. You know, this was, this was, this was kind of orchestrated. And my sense of Kerry is, is almost exactly the same. You know, you see a lot of the teams who pulled out the stops in the first weekend. Um, you know, Roscommon are obviously uh, a great example. Mayo are another example as well. Um, they faded as the thing went on. And I think, you know, the problem with having the league and the provincial championship and this All-Ireland series is that so much of the season feels like preamble. And I think for Dublin and Kerry, they can treat that as such because they're well aware that they have the quality that no matter what happens in the league, whatever happens in the provinces, and more than likely, no matter what draw you get in these Rem Robin stages, they're going to be there when it comes to the crunch. And I think we're only going to see the real Dublin and the real Kerry over the next few weeks. And I think the, the you know the promise of a Mayo or a Galway or a Derry or whoever was very alluring. Um, and I think it was right to say that at one stage that Galway looked the best team at the championship because they did. And I think that's probably because Dublin and Kerry were holding a small bit back. Um, and I think as we get into the knockout stages. My sense of Dublin Kerry is that they're probably still the two best teams in the country. And as boring as it's going to be for everybody else, I think that's where the All Ireland final is headed. Um, because like there wasn't a whole pile to read into Dublin's performance yesterday, but the way they went after the Sligo kick out, it was absolutely ruthless. Like they, they remain the best pressing team in the country. When they turn you over, they are devastating, absolutely devastating. And what they have this year and what they haven't had in the past couple of years is quality on the bench. Like Dean Locke didn't get off the bench yesterday. Um, so they have variety now. They have all their players back. You know, Bugler went off yesterday. Karma Costello hasn't been involved, but everybody else is back. And that squad of players, um, with that experience and, and that quality, I, I just can't see how they're not going to still be around when it comes down to it. And 
you know, if, if you were making any big predictions, and it's not exactly earth shattering now, uh, but I mean, I think it's we're, we're gearing ourselves up for a Dublin Kerry final. Yeah, I, I'm not sure they've done enough to be so certain about that just yet, Connor. Like at the end of the day, before if you went back to last weekend, before the weekend's events transpired, like they hadn't done enough to be that convincing. And I'm not sure they can get an awful lot of credit in the bank doing a number on, on Louth and Sligo respectively. It's more what the other teams have done that now has elevated Kerry and Dublin as opposed to what they have done. They were ruthless and I think whatever maybe Louth and, and Sligo just when the, the game was away they just sort of fell away and and, and good teams uh, you know, will do that more so than Kerry and Dublin. But the reality is that like, Kerry didn't plan to get hiding by Mayo and Killarney because by right Kerry should be out this weekend in as a second place team. Like it wasn't Kerry's doing that. It was more Mayo, as we've already said, um, screwing up that that has afforded Kerry the situation. And like Dublin for all intents and purposes could have lost that game against Roscommon. So there's no doubt they're in a great position, but it's as much how the other teams have 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 messed up yesterday than what they have done. But the reality is like you, you call the winners if you're allowed to call the winners out of the four uh, qualifying games. You've won from Kildare or Monaghan as a toss of a kind, Cork and Roscommon, toss of a kind, Donegal, Throne, probably edge that. But any of those three teams, are they likely to take out a Kerry or a Dublin in a, in a quarter final? I would say not on balance, but one of Galway and Mayo potentially could. So I, I think I, I think it really all depends now who, who, how, how Kerry and Dublin sort of get in the, in, in the quarter final draw, if they can avoid the winners of Galway and Mayo. You know, one of them is definitely going to get to a, um, a provincial final, but I, I certainly couldn't put hard money on either of them to go the whole way because there's enough doubt there from what we've seen over the course of the last three or four months to say that there's still a wee bit to go to be 100% sure. Because really is one team out of Galway and Mayo Connor is going to win that game and they're going to be right back on the, 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 the trend line. For, for an All-Ireland run they'll have got that positivity it's going to be a huge game like Salt Hill what's the capacity of Salt Hill 30,000 odd it'll be heaving in the summer um, on a summer weekend in Galway that's going to be a massive occasion so for the team that comes out of that they're going to be right back in the mix and they can't be ruled out for the bump that they'll get from that albeit with the messing up that they've done on the weekend to find them in that situation Well I tell you what I'll take Dublin and Kerry and you can take the rest of the field and we'll move back here to Monday after Right that's a, a euro on that, right? Okay, Dominic, so no, you've got the fees. I, 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 I take all those arguments. Will you be? Will you be? You be? You 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 you've monitored that uh, bet. You can be the the the, the arbiter on that, right? Yeah, but I'm like I take all those points, but I I still think that had Dublin and Kerry needed to be better, um, like had they had a bigger game yesterday, for instance, than they ultimately had. Um, I think we probably would have seen more from Dublin and Kerry. Like Dublin, I think at this stage would have preferred to have better games. You know, I, I think, I you know, even if they finished second in the group, say, you know, Roscommon went crazy yesterday against Kildare and won the game by a, a higher score. I'm not sure Dublin would have minded too much playing in a preliminary quarterfinal because the big question about them is that they haven't been tested. Like what you're saying is absolutely correct. You cannot be certain about Dublin or Kerry. But I, I think the events of the weekend removed some of the certainties that we probably had, or some of the uh, some of the things that we factored in to elevate Kerry or Galway and Mayo into that into that bracket as well. Um, and I don't like. I think we've been so used to over the last decade, you know, particularly looking at Dublin, but Dublin and Kerry, and saying, look, look, these teams are definitely going to be there. There are definitely no guarantees. I, I'm 100 percent there with you. 
Um, but I think as we sit now, I'd still put the number one and number two. Just out of, again, I think we all get a free pass a bit, been ignorant on the, the new format. Am I right in saying that come the quarterfinals that... Is it an open draw for the semi-finals, or is that is is? No, the semi-finals. and Derry are on one side of the draw, and Kerry okay. and Armara, I think, are on, are on the other side. Fair enough. And and then, am I right in saying that in terms of the teams that come out of the preliminary, there's no limitations. It's none of this business that they've been in the same group. So that's an open draw. Yeah. No, oh, I don't think so. I think there might have been too many permutations if you've done yeah, that. I think I think they might avoid the, the provincial finals, but three of the provincial finalists are already gone. All right, so okay. I don't think there's okay. very much chance okay. of that happening. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, I, I like. You know, it's a little bit like when we get to the end of the league and we make a lot of hard and fast um, uh, presumptions or, or, or judgments of what's going to happen in the championship. And then they all go up in smoke. We've nearly had three leagues this year, you know, between yeah, the actual league, the provincial championships, and now this round yeah, Robinson. three leagues, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a big problem. And I know we were going to talk about the, you know, the absence of any great excitement about the championship until yesterday. And then people were nearly taken by surprise by the level of excitement and everything that happened and the amount of jeopardy. Um, but the big problem, and I know it gets blamed for everything, but I'm going to blame it for something else here again. The provincial championships are now completely and utterly redundant. They're, they're like they're totally, totally redundant. Because what you had yesterday was we were going into effectively. If you take okay, there's three rounds of provincial championships more or less, then three rounds of preliminary rep, the 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 round robin series. We were going into the sixth weekend of the championship, and this was the first time there was anything significant on the line with regards to the All Ireland series. So I think people are so, like at that stage, people are just so, like there was only 10,000 people in Cavan yesterday. Dublin were playing. Tyrone were playing. You know, Sligo Mess Me were playing there again. These are really, really poor crowds for what's on the line. And, and worse than that, Connor, I went up to Oma. Like I, I actually had a half a column written on Saturday evening, sort of panning the whole structure and how uh, such an underwhelming experience, aside from the results, like I... I left the house here five to five from on in town for a match at six in Oma. And a few people said, you're not going to make that. You're going to miss first half. Usually it's a two-hour jaunt between traffic and everything. We were standing on the terrace behind the goals in at the scoreboard side at a quarter to six. I drove straight to the turnstile and I parked outside. Hardly a car on the road. And I walked in and I was like, I think there was more at I was at I was at a Donegal Monaghan McKenna Cup game a few years ago and I think there was more at it. I was shocked. And it just the minute I went in, I was like, oh, this is very, very underwhelming and the bigger scheme of things. And I'm just wondering, did this seep into the Monaghan team? Because they were just not at the races again. And I just the whole thing was just very underwhelming for a championship game. But yet we we seen what in fairness to Armagh, and I've been critical the Armagh for support went to Carrick on Shannon. They were there, they, they drove on their team and they got a performance out of them. And I'm I'm sorry now, this is a lot of Monaghan supporters are probably regretting not going up to Oma to try and uh, help the Monaghan boys on and get that. that and, and I think that's a wee bit of learning on everyone's part in terms of how these games should have been treated as opposed to what they were in retrospect, you know? Yeah, and just if I can just give one last kick to the provincial championships while they're down again. Of the four teams that went out, three of them were the provincial finalists that we thought were going to be knocked out. Claire Loud and um, Claire Loud and Sligo, uh, and you know the other team that went out were the Talton Cup champions. So you know, like in this effort to try and be as inclusive as possible, which is basically impossible, the thing that we always sensed was going to happen was going to happen anyway. You know, the link between the provincial championships and this All Ireland series is incredibly tenuous. It doesn't make any sense. Now, like 
at this stage, if there are people that are still in denial about getting rid of the provincial championships, they just can't be convinced. You know, somebody needs to come in and just start ignoring those people because it's very obvious that they don't work. They are like these round robin series would have had a far bigger profile if the first weekend of the round robin was the first weekend of the championship because that's always a big thing to look forward to. And then they would have gotten momentum. So there's two tweaks that need to be made here. The big one is killing the sacrificial cow, get rid, get rid, get rid of the provincial championships. And second of all, three teams from the group. It just means that the first two rounds are very, very low key. And I think we need to just go straight from the, like the level of jeopardy would be there every single weekend. I think if you went to the top two and you went straight into the quarterfinal. Um, and we're, we're all sitting around giving out about the crush and the number of games and the fact that basically it was, it, it, you know, it, it went under the radar compared to the provincial hurling championships. There's no need for the provincial football championships anymore. They serve literally no purpose. Yeah, it's a yeah. good point. Uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, we could we could fill another podcast. And maybe that's for maybe for another. I don't disagree with you, but I think there's it, it's not just as as simple as that. Because what do you do with the league then? Where does the league sit? Because the, the the league does it just be a, a sort of a preamble to? We've already said we've had three leagues, and I agree with you because. But yet you need the league. So, so where does that sit in the whole scheme of things? You just basically have your your all Ireland competition. It's 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 seeded based on the previous years and 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 scrap everything else. There's an there's an argument for that. Do you know what I mean? You have, um. So I I, I don't know. I think it, I think I think we'll know more. Let 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 let's get the whole year out of it and people take a good judgment on it. And I think for the for the for the people that you mentioned that are pushing for the retention of the the provincial, you almost need to let the provincials fail. Without telling these people that they need to go, and they, they, then there's no argument, and 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 that's starting to happen. You know, weaken it as opposed to, to trying to take them on and sort of let it be sort of seen that well, that there is just no argument here. But that'll probably take maybe I'd say one more season, uh, Connor. I don't, I don't, I don't expect the provincials to go next year, but in three, four years' time, we'll be there. It's hard to see it based on what we've seen already. Yeah, and the point Connor made about three teams getting out of the group, like as dramatic as yesterday was, like. Mayo were still in the championship. You know, Roscommon are still in the championship. Had it just been the two teams getting out of the group, Mayo would have been out. Roscommon would have been out after a late, you know, two late points there. Donegal, Monaghan would have been a straight shootout to get out of the group. It probably it would have been twice as interesting because all these teams still live to fight another day. And as you said, we've probably played 50 championship matches between the round robin and the provincials. And we've only, we still have 12 teams left in the tournament. Like that's a lot of football to get to, to where we are. Like in a lot of, kind of wheel spinning as, as dramatic as yesterday was but to go back to some of the on-field stuff Connor like we've been talking about Mayo blowing it but for, for Cork it, it was a huge win and you know, it, you know you kind of look back on their Kerry performance as well where you might have thought that was just a, a Kerry off day but now that Cork go out and, and have that good comeback does it kind of are they one of the real success stories of the last couple of weeks? Uh, they probably are and I'm not going to mention the provincial championships but it, like it can be difficult for Cork at the best of times because you know, whatever traction you might get in the league, and they didn't get a whole pile of it this year, but, but whatever traction you might get in the league, there's always that that one big date looming. Um, and this year, they didn't even get that far. They lost to Clare, and it looked like the thing was going to unravel again. But, um, like, they're a good side. They have a lot of the, they have a lot of the things, they have a lot of quality footballers in Cork, you know, like, they've had a lot of underage success. Um, they have a lot of the things that you kind of need to be, to be successful. And it has always been in Cork, a question of somebody putting it all together. And it looks like John Cleary could be that man. Um, but again, like I only saw highlights of that game last night, so I'm, I, I couldn't give you a sort of a detailed debrief on what happened 
um, and who was up. But like a lot of the Mayo stuff looked to be fairly self-inflicted there as well. Um, so it's like it's a huge boost for Cork. It's a massive boost. Um, but <laughs> there's a dark irony in the fact that they've that they've gone and made life so easy for Kerry. You know, <laughs> you know that 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 is maybe something that they won't have taken into account. Um, because I think the chances were that Cork were going to go through anyway because. Um, because of the situation with Loud and Kerry, but um, you know, like it, it, it's, you know, that they are a good team and they have a lot of what it takes um, to to improve over the next couple of years. But you know, a, a quarter final, I think, is probably as far as they're going to go this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. And now they're going to really relish now Roscommon. It was a great draw to get because Roscommon will, will be sort of you know have taken a bit of a a setback and 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 bringing them down to to Cork. They look at that and then. As long as we're all talking about Cork, what Cork need is momentum. They need some sort of consistency to to, to, to give the, the 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 underage talent that we know they have and have year on year something to to knit into and build and get that experience, strength and conditioning, and almost get them in long enough that they can't easily slip away. That's what any county needs. And if Cork can get that, get this year, get another year to look forward to build on build. Who's who? Who, who knows? So. So I, th- I think I think they're having enough in the tank, or they're having enough, you know, uh, in the bank to to, to mount a, a threat beyond quarter final. But uh, you know, there's no doubt that they can sort of look to say, right, use this as a building block to improve again another ten percent for next year. It's just they weren't far away from Kerry when they played them, and that's a benchmark in itself. So it, it's great to see it, and you want your big traditional counties coming back up. It's, it's good for the game. It's good for for the overall narrative and and and, and it's great to see Cork um, and, and there because as I say you know they, they, they need to be better than they have been so as I say fair play to them and fair play to, to, to John Cleary because you know, we've all been at Cork football games and it must be terribly difficult for the players to get motivated when there's so few going to watch them like it must be demoralising so they're doing that basically with little support from the county which which is a bit of an indictment to them and themselves you know and Connor Kildare, another team who got a big big win yesterday as well, like Kevin Feely getting that mark uh, to, to get them the win. And now they have a home game against Monaghan. It, it's been a kind of a frustrating period for Gavin Ryan, you know, that Dublin performance in the semi-final of the provincial championships, you know, as much as we've been kind of maligning them. It was probably one of the few provincial games that, that you know, was exciting and interesting, but they haven't really kicked on until yesterday. How significant a victory is that, do you think? It just depends on how they follow it up well. Um you know, I mean, they, 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 they could do anything. Like, I saw Kildare a couple of times in the league and they were just really, really bad. You know, like, the, I, it's hard to think of a team that put together two home performances in a row as poor as, as Kildare did at home to Cork and Derry. They, they just, they had no clue in those games um, and they were ransacked. And it wasn't one of those, you know, a team that was biding their time. You could tell there was a lot of angst on the line. You could tell that the players weren't enjoying life. Um, and you could tell around Newbridge that things didn't seem to be going particularly well, uh, and and that was really the story around them. But as you said, like I think a lot of the good of that Dublin performance was probably taken out of it by how poorly they played against them and how easily Dublin won in Nolan Park. Um, and yet they came out and look, it's significant in its own way for Glenn Ryan because you know when Glenn got the when Glenn Ryan got the Kildare job, you know the, the strongest other contender was Davy Bork. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about Davy Bourke and the job that he's been doing was common since the start of the year because he's been doing a very good job. Um, and I suppose when you get a job over another guy and the other guy goes and does well and, and you don't do quite so well, you know, people are going to talk. It doesn't matter that Glenn Ryan is, you know, probably the most legendary Kildare footballer of all time and that he's surrounded by 
um, more legends there as well. You know, if the thing goes wrong, the thing goes wrong. And I think it was starting to look like that. And just as a side sort of sort of thing, and again, this will come back to the, the whole the whole issue around three teams coming out of the group. Had Roscommon won that game yesterday or had it been a draw, Kildare would have qualified for the All-Ireland series despite having won none of their last four games, which is which is which is an amazing sort of a, an anomaly that I don't think anybody particularly envisaged. But again, a little bit like Cork, just not to get away from Kildare. Like I, I, I think they have really good footballers. Like there are times, particularly Feely and Daniel Flynn and David Highland as well, Mick O'Grady as a cornerback is one of the best man-marking cornerbacks in the country. They have huge potential. Like there's, like the, the, there's huge talent there. They have scoring forwards. But there are times when the game goes away from them and they just don't seem to have any recourse to kind of get back into it. And that's a very general way of kind of analysing the team. And, and it's not the sort of nuts and bolts that, you know, coaches would be, you know, lean too heavily on. But it, it's an intangible thing about Kildare. You know, sometimes they just drift out of games and the game can go so far away from them. But when they're good, they're really, really good. Um, and earlier on in the year, I think he might have been away, but Daniel Flynn was only coming on in games. In the games when he came off the bench, particularly down in Clare and Ennis, he turned the game completely. He has incredible pace. He moves extraordinarily well. He carries the ball really well and his skill levels are through the roof. And this is the time of year when you need all your best players on the pitch. Um, And Feely and and Flynn are two of the best players around when they're on their game. So again, a bit like Cork, like they have a huge opportunity now in the preliminary quarterfinal. If you get through to a last eight, it nearly doesn't matter how poor the league was. It nearly doesn't matter how much they lost to Dublin by in the All-Ireland semi-final. That would be the kind of abiding memory of their season. Um, and I think top eight is probably where Kildare should be pitching themselves. And if they win next weekend, that's where they're going to be. I, I'm, I'm laughing. I, got, I wrote a column a few weeks ago, sort of giving, giving Kildare a touch. for that potential that they have, Connor, that they time and time again just turn up and you get nothing. I, 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 you know, it reminds me of a quote. I remember Ted, Ted Walsh got in trouble a few years ago when he talked about a, a horse that wouldn't, 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 a thoroughbred horse that wouldn't jump. He called it a dirty, rotten, rotten coward or something. You know, all this potential, but for some stubborn reason, just doesn't deliver. And that, that's what Kildare like. Like, I've seen them, like, was, was it last year, I think, in the league? Monaghan went down to Kildare. I wasn't at it, but I was talking to people at it and absolutely blew them away physicality off the field. That was the year to beat Dublin, but then somehow got relegated. Do you know what I mean? So so that's what killed it. You just do not know what you're going to say. I've no doubt that's that's underlying Glenn Ryan's frustration that he sees these players, he sees the talent, he sees the athleticism, he knows what's there, but yet he's going up to a game and he just doesn't know what he's going to get. And you see the, the, the league performances and the, you know, the, the ups and downs. So the potential is there for them to be better, but They've just shown so much inconsistency. You still don't know what you're going to get. Like, and, and Monaghan's in the same bracket. Like, again, went up to Oma, expecting a good performance that they would have learned from 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 previous poor days out. And Monaghan again not at the races and and, and left it behind them. So that game, you'd be a good one to call it. I say it depends what Kildare turns up. It depends what Monaghan turns up. I think both teams probably just don't have enough consistency or depth really threaten and haven't shown enough to sort of be be serious contenders but the winners of that would take a lot of positivity but I think of the two teams Kildare have the potential because at this stage of the game the hard grass you need athleticism you need physicality you need pace and Kildare do have that they just need to get their attitude right that they can get it for a full 70 minutes on games back to back because at the minutes 
you know, you mightn't get it in the full game and you certainly won't get it back to back. So, as I say, it's, it's a good shot in the arm for them. They needed it. It's about time. But as Connor said, they, they scarcely deserved it from what they've done so far this year. But they're, but they're in the knockout and, and, that, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. We're just waiting to see now in Monaghan where that game is going to be fixed because we've uh, we have a minor semi-final that has to be fixed and we're hoping for a bit of a double header to, to take the take the pain out of the travel and the cost for everybody up here, you know. Yeah, well, it's set up to be a cracking weekend with four, as you said, Dick at the start, very evenly contested games. We might finish with some predictions, Connor, then going, going through them. We have Galway Mayo, Donegal Surround, Calair Monaghan, Cork Cross Common. Who, who, who do you fancy to come out of those games? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll leave Galway Mayo to last. Um, I, like, I fancy those comments to be Cork, which is think they've been playing at a more consistent level all year. I know sometimes that's not the greatest gauge, um, you know, when you come to knockout football, but I just think Ross Common have played more of these games and performed better in these games. I think he can be, I think he'd be more certain of, if you want to put it that way. Um, like, Kildare against Monon, I really, I find it hard to call that game. Like, I, again, like if Kildare find their best stuff and, and everything clicks, you know, and to win a game with such heart yesterday, you know, like they really are a confusing side to try and figure out. Um, but I, again, like I actually think you could be more certain with Monaghan going into that game because they just know how to win. They just know how to win tight battles. Um, like a poor as Tyrone were yesterday against Donegal, given the season that Donegal have had. Um, and particularly with Derek Canavan and the form he's in, like Derek Canavan is now in the top three or four inside forwards of the country. Like he's he's gone to a new level. He's he's exceptional. Um, and I, I do think um, I do think Toronto are going to come through that one. Um, and I'd probably tip Galway against Mayo just on the basis that they're at home. Like I know, like Mayo absolutely have it in them to win that and to come starving back to yet another All Ireland final and another mythical quest or all around the country and the the peaks and the troughs of everything else. But you know, this time last week we were talking about Galway as being probably the best team in the country. Um, and they, they they justified that billing on the basis of how they played in the league and in the Connacht Championship. Um, and even if they lost at the weekend, you know, that's sport. Sometimes you lose, you know, and maybe they've got that one out of the system. And I think, you know, they have the best defence in the country. And up front, when they do click, you know, they have a forward line capable of winning in All-Ireland. So um, with all those caveats in place, I think they just go for Galway. Jake, what about you? Who do you fancy coming out of those games? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to base a lot of it on the psychology of the respective camps. Okay. Monaghan, and this goes back to my time, generally, when we were going into a game as favourites, struggled. And that was the case in Oma. But when the backs are against the wall, they bounce back. And I think that they reverse the plays for Kildare. So I think the fact that Monaghan are going down there, very disappointed. There'll be a lot of sort of questions asked. And again, boys going down to like, Tullamore's fit fix for now. With a point to prove, you can be sure you get a better monitor performance. And Kildare probably will be possibly not complacent, but again, they're going in on a high, which can be dangerous for a, for a team that can't cope with that. And Kildare in that bracket, so on that basis, Monaghan, but only marginally. Cork or Scotland, toss coin. I, I I I think Roscommon just have a wee bit more in the tank. I think Cork again might be just maybe taking a wee bit more out of the Mayo game than they deserve. It was more that Mayo handed it to them than Cork won it. Won it. And I think Roscommon, again, will be looking to bounce back. They'll be very sore after winning that. So if they're not going down there with a the bit between their teeth to bounce back from a bad performance, they're, they're not a serious team. Um, Donegal, again, their card's going to be marked. Like Nobody's seen that performance coming, but credit to Aidan O'Rourke. He 
he's had a tough stint up there and he deserves huge credit for turning that Donegal team around and a bit of positivity. Be a great be one of those, you know, Donegal throne games that we've seen over the last decade. It'll be Bally Buffet, it'll be a cauldron, it'll not be pretty, it'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of needle, but I think as Connor said, thrown just of a wee bit more class up front in terms of scoring power. But again, a very, very marginal tip to Tyrone. And then I'm going to give Galway. I just think Galway, it's at home. I think they've, they've had their, their sort of blip. And I think they are a serious team. Like they were in the All-Ireland final. They were a kick of a ball away from, from beating Kerry. They have, they have enough in the, in the tank. They have enough credit built up that they should get the nod for that. So Monaghan, Roscommon, Donegal, Galway, but I'm equally expecting at least one of those to be wrong. <laughs> Don't ask me which, because as I say, you know, the, the, the margins are so tight in all of those, you're, you're guaranteed at least one upset, you know, which is great. That's what you yeah. you know. And that's the beauty of it. We're, we're, at least we've gotten to this stage and we have four really, you know, keenly contested games that hopefully provide a lot of excitement. Next weekend, for the moment, I'd like to thank Dick and Connor for joining me on this week's episode of the Throne Football Podcast. We'll be back next week to review the preliminary quarterfinals and look ahead the last eight and in the meantime you can subscribe to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts or listen on independent.ie so until next time thanks for listening and goodbye This is an Irish Independent Podcast